With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am joined by the one... The only Johnny Cochran. How you doing, Johnny? Yeah, not too bad. You're really pleased with yourself there, aren't you? Because you put a little fade on the intro music. A little and, fade. you know, let's tell the audience, be honest with them, because they appreciate that. You were bigging it up before we went on there. You were like, yeah, put a little fade on there. Yeah, it's just going to fade out. And we'll be, you know, we've moved into a new tier of podcast where we put fades. And there might even be a crossfade later. Who knows? In our podcast. So, well done, guys. Congratulations. Sound engineer is going on the LinkedIn profile. Uh, <laughs> I feel like when I'm with music producers, I can talk I can talk turkey now. Oh, yeah, a little fade on uh, Adobe Audition. Do you know about that? Uh, and uh, it's, it, it's great. It makes me feel good. It is interesting with all, all of this sort of podcast and digital stuff. The key uh, to not dying in my industry is that you've always got to teach yourself uh, new things. I'm going to have to have a go at TikTok at some point because otherwise I won't really truly understand how it works. The hardest thing that I've ever had to get involved with that I have no qualifications or no real talent for is uh, learning how to edit. edit. And it's just a podcast. We just talk the whole way through. But l- learning how to not make it buzz in the background, uh, to cut it, it's, it's very, very complicated. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you're not learning, you are dead in this world. So um, I'm glad, there you that go. You, glad that you recognize that little fade there, Johnny, even though I told you. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that you appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Johnny, how are you doing this week? What's the weather situation in the UK? It sounds miserable. Yeah, um, well, miserable, I don't know. The thing is, I have been, you know, a person who has said that they'll never complain about the weather, but ultimately, um, it's different, you know, when you've got a little toddler who the other day had heat stroke, you know, and obviously I don't want to be, yeah, exactly. Suddenly now it's like, yeah, it is too hot because my kid won't stop screaming afterwards. Do you know what I mean? So, by the way, we, we were diligent parents, just got caught out by the sea breeze. Just want to let everyone know that in case they were wondering. We didn't leave them in the car or anything like that, you know. 
Okay, are we going off a quick, a little quick uh, swift one? But um, no, uh, it is hot. It's quite a big deal for British people because they're, you know, getting to know what this big orange orb in the sky is and what it does. Um, and overall, we are now staring down the barrel of a 39 degrees Celsius next week, which is about as hot as I can remember it. And I think we're all going down to the local supermarket to just do a day in there with aircon because <laughs> the houses ain't built for it. So we'll do a day on the meat aisle. When we were younger, you'd go to Spain and you'd be like, oh, there's going to be, there might be a 35 degree day here. And that would that would be major. The, the thirty five degrees in England is uh, unheard of. Get into forty, it's like oh shit, we have we have fucked some things up here. There is there is some uh, there are some problems going on in the world. Uh, that's yeah, hotter yeah. than where global, I am. Global warming is pretty well, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But th- there we go. We'll start with some high concept stuff before we just turn silly. You know? Before we dive into <laughs> the the real important stuff that's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, Johnny, lots of stuff going on with Arsenal this week. I don't know where you're going to go with the hottest of takes, but uh, you're going to start because uh, that's common courtesy on this pod. Um, so for me, where I'd go right now is um, I. it's an overall positive note, and that is the news that we are now targeting, which we're going to go into more specifically, but Zinchenko. And I am massively encouraged. I also believe more so than any of the other deals, you know, outside of the ones we've got done, that I actually think we can get this done. Tielemans is another one that I think we can get done. And I think we should get both of them and there should be no messing around. We've we've acted decisively with Zinchenko now. Everything I'm hearing is that he's at least interested in the project. City seem like they want to play ball. Um, You know, and the other interesting dynamic that seems to be emerging, if we do land Zinchenko, is this kind of little... You know, City being a feeder club to us, you know, with their castaways. But guess what? We've got open arms for City's castaways. I mean, all of their castaways are the nuts. You know, it's not like you're getting some, you know, relegation. Mikel Silvestra. Exactly. And we've done that before in the pot. Those horrible days. But this one is actually like, oh, right. What, you mean the Ukrainian captain? Yeah, that shouldn't be a castaway. It shouldn't be a cast off. But you're spoilt for riches. And, you know, you've got to keep your squad turning just to keep the fans coming through the door. So you're probably getting rid of a player you, who would have played for you again this season, at least. And I honestly believe that when we missed out on this, Andro, it was all about, are we going to lose our heads in the market and start targeting a player who is, quite frankly, not up to the task? When we were getting linked with just, you know, more functional left-backs, it was a little bit deflating because what, you know, Martinez brought um, in terms of potential was to change our style of play potentially with his range of passing, etc. Um, and Zinchenko, I think, offers that as well. We talked about it the other day. So it's exciting. I'm more excited because not only are we going after, in my opinion, based on what's already happened, the, the best player available, you know, that we could actually land. Um but also, not only are we going after the right player, in my opinion, I also believe he might, I think he's going to come. And if he does, I personally would find us one big sign. I, I want two players after this, but if we had one more big sign in, which I would count Tielemans as being, after um, 
after Zinchenko, that would be a decent summer. And if we were to get a wing forward, one of which I'm sure we're going to be talking about later in this show, then I think you're then staring down the barrel of one of the best transfer windows we've ever had. But these deals have to get done. Yeah, look, um, you you went hyper-specific on um, your hottest of takes. My hottest of take is just Arsenal having a plan, uh, and not just one plan. Plan A, plan B, plan C. Lissandro Martinez, 10 years ago, under Arsene Wenger, would have been the sole target. And if we had missed out on that sole target, that's it. No backup left back. Nuno Tavares, let's give him another crack. Um, you know, I still think one of the worst transfer stories of all time was when we missed out on Shamak and we just didn't sign anyone. We waited two years to sign Shamak and then he arrived and he was absolutely <laughs> terrible. This, this are you know this this new team of analysts, scouts, um, technical directors, and Arteta. They drive forward. There's a there's there's always a new option out there, and they don't give up. And I, I love Lissandro Martinez got me really excited. I think that you know I described him on Lagrove as you know you got you got some money for a luxury fancy car like a vintage one. You could go for the Alfa Romeo, which is a concept of greatness. Like, you know it can be great, but it's going to break down and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Or you could go for just a classic. I said a BMW, but I'm thinking more like a classic Mercedes. You know, it's going to be reliable. It's going to do the job. It might not have the fanciness, but it, it, it does what it says on the tin. And Zinchenko, for me, probably ends up working out a better, a better signing because although Martinez probably has a higher ceiling and a little bit more specificity, a lot's got to go right for a player to come from the Dutch league to hit the levels of Zinchenko. That's a guy that's won four Premier League titles. Um, but it's, you know, it's not it's not just uh, losing out on Martinez. We've also lost out on Rafinha. I was like, where are we going to go? We got linked to the, the the Bosnian wide player who only played six months in Lille. And you're thinking, oh, this is fine. But today we're being linked with someone for 60 million. And you're like, wow, th- if this player does move to Arsenal, that is a better deal than Rafinha. So it's not... It's like our plan Bs, they don't even feel like plan Bs. They feel like A, A2s or A3s. And I'm, I'm with you. You know, you, you, you sign a left back like Zinchenko. You sign a, a winger at the level that we're looking at. And you sign Tielemans. That is an absolutely outstanding window. And then you look at the squad that we've got. And providing everybody that we want stays and signs their new deals, then, then then we're cooking for next season. So, I think after a bit of a you know we had we had a bit of a rough podcast last week, but I don't I don't think it was because of what was going on on the transfer front. I think it was because there was a there was a, a, a grey cloud which appears to have dispersed or a, at least you know held back for a, a period of time. But I, I think we will get the deals done. Um, you know. When David Ornstein is talking about deals, you know that they're close because uh, you know he, he doesn't he doesn't report on inquiries. He import you know he talks when it's when he feels like it's far enough down the line. So I think he's exciting times, and I just want to crack right into the slide deck, Johnny. Um, so why don't we uh, why don't we move in the AOP? Look at that! Look at that logo. I designed that. <laughs> dear, oh dear. We are man like, now, aren't we? Yeah, man like Matt Candela, he's he's not he's not hit his deadlines. He's got a great design agency. I'm sure it's coming in the end. I'm sure he's got more important things like actual paying clients. 
<laughs> friend, friendship doesn't beat money, that's for sure, with uh, with man like Matt Candela. But I, I think it's a good effort if, you know, for our Patreon listeners, tell us what you think of that because we want to get it on caps. We want to get it on T-shirts. We want to we wanna be at Paris this year for fashion. Do week. we need full, full stops in there? I wondered that. It didn't look as good with mm. full stops. Yeah, uh, we do? Because yeah. then it's yeah. Arsenal stop, opinion stop. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it looked trendier, but I don't know whether it, whether it delivers. But anyway, um, let's move on to the first slide. Johnny, as head, uh, as leader of the Saliba Ultra uh, Union, there's been a little bit of news that's come out over the last couple of days. It's It seems like it's come from that GFFN at handle that's, that has a lot, that has, it seems to have prestige. It's like got the look of a blog. It has the sort of maturity of teenagers behind a Twitter handle. And it has very clear agendas. And one of their agendas is that they're furious that Arsenal put Saliba out on loan last season. And they are absolutely gagging for him to be exited from Arsenal. They're reporting that Saliba has decided not to extend when the reality, if there is going to be a reality, it's that Saliba is going to wait and see what Arsenal do before he ties himself to the club for six years. Um, My personal opinion is that sensible. I wouldn't be signing a deal with Arsenal uh, based on my previous experience with them. If I was William Saliba, I would wait. I think he will sign a new deal. Um, Johnny, this contract situation, would you sell him if he didn't sign? Or would you just say, it's probably fair that he doesn't want to sign. Let's give him what he wants. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but I get you, bet, bet you can predict my answer. Now, first of all, let's talk about the GFFM. Right? I think Matty Ogwenduzi owns that, you know, that publication, because it is all about trying, uh, trying to unsettle Saliba, and it's completely... Um, it, it, it seems to me to be completely fraudulent. It actually said that he was about to uh, tell Arsenal that he was not willing to come back and he was going to go on strike. And then the next day, he comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm going back to Arsenal. They're my club. They don't know what they're talking about. So I take whatever they say with a pinch of salt. In general, you kind of laid it out. I'm a completely of the opinion that well, whatever you think about Saliba, the fact is, is that He's been at the club for a while. He hasn't played. And whilst I hope that he signs a long-term contract tomorrow, I suspect he might have already been given the verbal assurances that he's going to be playing and that he's going to be at least part of the first-team squad vying for a starting berth. Well, I think, you know, he is going to be of the mind as well. Actions speak louder than words. So let's just wait before... He, he might have the deal in place. But he's going to wait to see how he's being treated. There's no last-minute incomings from centre-halves that are going to force him out, whatnot. Because, quite frankly, if I was him, I wouldn't sign at this stage. I would wait to see if I, you know, proofs in the pudding whether I was actually going to get playing time. But if I did get playing time and I got those assurances, I'd sign tomorrow because I think we're a great place for Saliba to be. So, in general, I think that... um, I don't, I don't actually, I'm not actually that worried. I actually think this is all part of, you know, Saliba's plan, if you like. From everything that I'm seeing, he seems positive about the club. Um, some of the nonsense like that, those outlets saying that he's 
peed off and stuff like that. I just don't buy it at the end of the day. The way the fact is, he's come back. He's got a fresh trim. He looks like he's taking care of himself. You know, the ratty facial hair has gone. Sharp cuts all over. He's going out in the town tonight, no doubt. And I actually think that he's looking around, and this is the key, he's looking around the dressing room, and he's going, I think I'm the best centre-half here. So, you know, like, he genuinely, I think he's got a right to, whether you agree with him or not, I think that's a conversation to be had. And so there's no reason why he shouldn't be thinking, by the end of this year, I'm going to be the first-choice centre-half at Arsenal, and if I'm as good as I think I am, we'll be playing in the Champions League as well. And at that point, he'll have everything he needs. Um, so, yeah, I'm not that worried at this stage. And, um, yeah, I, I think that hopefully this story now has a happy ending. I, th- I think it will. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Johnny. I, I, if you're an Arsenal fan and you want to play at a club that's going to give you minutes, there are going to be loads of minutes on offer um, this season. He will play, he will start at the very least all six of the Europa League games. Um, if Arteta has any sort of self-awareness and reflection, he will definitely rotate his centre-backs this season so that he's not picking up injuries left, right and centre. Ben White has had a few problems. Um, so I, I think he's, I think he might be struggling with one right now. So um, I think, I think it will, I think you'll get minutes, and I don't think there's a better place to be if you're a if you're a centre back like trying to work out the Premier League. And also, there's no rumours of clubs trying to sign him. I think the only the only big rumour was Marseille. Marseille have no money, um, and Leicester. And he's not going to go to like why would you go to Leicester? Like it's just when you've got minutes at Arsenal. So I, I think he'd be smart to to bide his time a little bit. I hope he does sign the new deal. I think he will. All right, let's um. I think. I think the order, let's just get the shit news out of the way. Um, let's go into the next story. Mad story. Um, Amari Hutchinson uh, is, you know, reportedly one of the next big things. I don't think he's got quite the reputation that Patino seemed to to get himself over the last season. But Hutchinson is, is a player that's excited a lot of the people that watch youth football. Um, he's 18 years old. He's a winger. He sat on the bench quite a lot towards the end of last season. He was a shoo-in for the League Cup games this season. No doubt he was going to get some Europa League minutes. Um, He's decided to move to Chelsea, which I find odd for a number of reasons. Um, And the deal does, it makes next to no sense. Well, it makes sense if if he's leaving for money. But it doesn't make sense if you want a long career. And it doesn't make sense if you actually want to play for Chelsea. The key element in this whole thing is Amari Hutchinson's agent is Kia. <laughs> and uh, Kia um, put a bit of slander in the Newcastle video for Bruno. Um, he's been cut out of a lot of things because he was at the heart of a lot of very weird goings on. Um, but Johnny, when you when you see a young player quitting Arsenal, the, a, a team that's given more chances to young players than anybody over the last um, couple of seasons, to go to Chelsea... Like what? What would you, what if you were his agent? What would you be telling Amari if he if he was positioning these two opportunities to you? What do you think of this? Well, certainly from his agent's point of view, I think he should not be encouraging him to leave because you kind of spell it out there. Right now, Arsenal can you know you can knock Arsenal for a lot of things. Um, you know, I understand different aspects where people were not completely happy with 
you know, the way we approach things. But overall, in terms of giving chances to youth, that's not really something that you can knock us for. I think we've been really, that's one thing we've definitely been, you know, uh, by consensus, good at. And, and ergo, some of our best players are like young, they're under 23. Um, but in terms of how I look at this, is there's good and bad. The bad being, when I heard this, I got that sinking feeling thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, like Chelsea are quite good at procuring talented youngsters. Um, that, you know, even the likes of Hudson Odoi is not like a, a world beater, but he's decent. He's a decent player and he could, you know, he could have helped us, for instance, last year at times. Um, and he's one of their worst kind of young prospects in recent times in, in terms of some of the ones that come through, the likes of Reese James. Absolutely superb, like, you know, top elite level player in the Premier League. So it unsettles me, like, have we let one slip through the net, if you like? And it would be really disappointing if we had. Um, certainly if it was a case over, you know, uh, small amounts of money, ultimately, in the short term. The problem is, is that the positive, if you like, we kind of touched on it in the last pod. But it's actually more to do with Chelsea. And that is that if you look at the way that they have handled their transfer business, there's not really a coherent plan in place from what anyone on the outside can see. They're seemingly going after a lot of the targets we're going after. Like It's like they're waiting for us and other teams to locate these players because they've fired a lot of their backroom team and the structure that was in place before. And they're, they're literally going, who's available? I'm going to get involved and try and snap them up. So... To give Chelsea the credit that they've earned in recent years of being able to identify, you know, good young talented players and uh, get them in the team, well, I'm not sure that we should be as worried by this Chelsea setup as as previous ones. Um, I don't know; they're yet to prove whether their interest and in their, you know, signing at a young age is a badge of honour or just, you know the blind chucking shit at a wall, basically, um, and seeing what sticks. Um, so, yeah, overall, we we shall see. There is a chance he could blow big, um, you know, and we would feel this would be a sickener if he, if he became a big player. But the way that Chelsea are, the way that they move year to year, and they're, you know, still going to be hungry for success, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get to be breaking into the team and, and cutting loose. So... Overall, it is what it is. I mean, my my view on it is that there's a, there's a few elements that that I would be worried about if I was Mr. Hutchinson. Um, firstly, Chelsea have gone with youth once in 20 years, and that was when they got a transfer ban and they bought through players like um, Mason Mount. Frank Lampard is out of the business now. Thomas Tuchel is in the business. He won Champions League in his in his first season. And just just going through some of the sort of moves, uh, Thomas Tuchel shipped out Tammy Abraham to Roma for 37 million after he was their top scorer in that top four run and signed Lukaku for 90 million. Uh, Conor Gallagher was shipped out to Crystal Palace and he was basically Palace's player of the season. Uh, Livramento and Brozier spent the season at Southampton. Levi Colwell went to Huddersfield and now he wants to leave. Um, Tamori was sold to Milan and he won the title. Uh, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi has been double subbed by Thomas Tuchel twice I think and he hasn't really developed at all Billy Gilmore looked like the next big thing under Frank Lampard and he's getting booed by Norwich fans 
Chelsea are trying <laughs> to re-sign Nathan Ake after they bombed him off to Bournemouth. Um, not a lot of top talent ID here. And historically, like let, let's let's look at one of the one of the worst um, groupings of transfers out of Chelsea in the history of football. Chelsea bin Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, and a young Lukaku. And 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 then to, to your point with with the strategy, it's like, all right, okay, so you're Hutchinson, you want to go there, you you want to you want to know that there's a chance that you're going to break through. They've just signed Raheem Sterling, who's what. 26, maybe 27 years old. They were trying to sign Rafinha, uh, who's 25 years old. They've been trying to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, who's 37 years old. And that doesn't make any sense, but it just goes to show you where the the focus or the energy is. And um, I, I just, I, I, Chelsea have moved from, you never take the piss out of Chelsea because you know they're going to win the title. So this summer, it, they're getting bantered by their own fans. They're getting b- bantered by rival fans. They've got, uh, they, they've got, a couple of uh, Matt Law and I think his name's uh, Jacobs, Ben Jacobs. Um, they're obviously the leads into Chelsea and they're saying um, many agents and clubs say Todd Bowley is really easy to deal with. Like that's like an estate agent saying, Johnny, it's absolute pleasure working with you. Always bring your <laughs> business to me. It means you're getting screwed. And then Matt Law had the cheek to say, actually what they're doing is really strategic. I'm sorry. Selling Tony Rudiger, who, one of the best centre-backs, in the world, without a shadow of a doubt. Christensen, fantastic young centre-back. I think Manchester City was signing him. You, you signed Kubalali uh, for th- £37 million. A 31-year-old. People are like, oh, he's world-class. I'm sorry, mate. He's at Napoli. He's at Napoli. He's won three cups in his entire career. The chances of him being world-class in the Premier League are not that high. You know, th- this isn't like bringing over uh, silver. Uh, who'd had a glittering career. This is a guy that's been at a club that sells, you know, notorious for selling players, and he's 31 years old. So I just be, I just don't understand. What was the sell? Unless it was, you know, I think um, Callum Hudson-Odoi got 150 grand a week for doing absolutely Pete, nothing. Pete, can I just come back on a couple of things quickly? Um, in general, liking where you're going, but one, I think you're being a bit harsh on Kuda Bali. We don't know what they're going to get because he is an older version, but he has been an elite centre-half in European football for a while. Very good. And the only reason he hasn't moved to the Premier League, he came very close on a couple of occasions. So he may be sick. He's certainly uh, got the physical attributes to make it in the Premier League. He's going to could be a dominant centre-half. But in general, I completely agree. I'm, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying that you talked about him with Silva. Um, Silver, when he came, as opposed to Koulibaly at 31, a younger age, I think they'd have an equal kind of chance and Silver's done okay. Um, the other thing is, when you were saying about um, uh, Rudiger going, they didn't sell Rudiger like because they chose to. That was the one of the major things that they got punished with via the Roman Abramovich fiasco because they couldn't offer contracts at that time when Rudiger was still in contract negotiations the government put a lock on their account on their accounts, if you like, so they could no longer re-sign someone, which meant, who knows, they might have been able to re-sign him. I think he had eyes elsewhere anyway, but the fact is, is the fact that the um, uh, the um, kind of constraints were put, implemented on him at that point, that's what really cost them Rudiger. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that they have lost a top defender. It was delightful to watch. It, it, some some really, really refreshing 
but yeah, but the Chelsea could have tied up uh, Rudiger well before uh, they got sanctioned by the government. Like that's that's not it's not an excuse to say, oh, the, the reason that Rudiger didn't sign up is because in February Chelsea got slapped by the government. It's like that's one of your best players, and he isn't tied down to a deal four months before his contract expires. Not having that, Chelsea. Chelsea just lost out because Rudiger wanted to go to Madrid. Thiago, Thiago Silva, like, okay, so Brazil, uh, Brazil international, uh, he's won Copper America, seven French titles, uh, a, a UEFA Super Cup. He's a, an Italian champion, uh, an Italian Super Cup winner, five times French Cup winner. Like, that, that, that's the sort of record that would make me say, yeah, you're probably world class. Like playing for Napoli until you're 31 years old and all you've won, like two cups in Italy, that, not, ha- not having these world class might be, but 31, 31 years old, you're taking a big, big risk from uh, an extremely slow league. I know that it's got a little bit better recently, but Olivier Giroud and Zlatan and Ibrahimovic are winning titles in Serie A. Well, well, first of all, he's, um, he has won an Italian Super Cup and, uh, and Cup, but overall, he also was part of the um, African Cup of Nations winning team uh, last year as well, or this year, I should say. And, um, you know, like, he has been of the pedigree to be a cup-winning defender. I'm not saying that he's going to come in at 31 be world-class. I don't think he is. I think that ship has sailed. But he had an argument for being world-class at points in his career. I very much would say so. And I would have loved if we had had Koulibaly when he was around 26. He would have been immense. But ultimately, you know, yeah, I do it. I certainly It's not a very Chelsea that... signing though, Johnny. That's my point. It's not It's not one of those signings where you're like, ah, shit. Chelsea have got Eden Hazard. Chelsea have, you know, Chelsea have got Rudiger. You know, like, it's. it doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like a Chelsea signing. It looks like the signing of an inexperienced owner that is changing the whole focus of the club. That's that. That's my point. Anyway, yeah, no, back, back, I anyway, I, I was I was I was slagging off Chelsea with regards to Amari Hutchinson. Like the reality is, they signed a thirty-one-year-old over. Um, they've got this young centre back called Levi Colwell, and he's going to exit. He's supposed to be one of the the best prospects uh, in England, and he doesn't see a future there. All of Chelsea's young players want to go. So the point being, Chelsea buy ready-made, and they're still. Buying ready-made, maybe over uh, over ready now, but I, like just just a weird move, and you know, just I just worry that I'm going to see him playing for Amari's going to be on loan to Feyenoord or uh, FC Charleroi in in Belgium in three years time. <laughs> but you 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 make your bed, you got to lie on it. Um, okay, let's get into more um, positive stories. Um, we're going to, let's start on a quote. How about we start on a quote, Johnny? I'm going to read you something. Uh, this is from oh, Carl Walker of Manchester City. And he said, not in any order, my top three for technical ability are Zinchenko, Mares, and Silva. Two touches, head tennis, so good. You're leaving De Bruyne out, Foden, Cancelo, but they don't come close to these three. Zinchenko. So we've, we've lost out on Lissandro Martinez. Too short anyway. Didn't like him. Didn't like him. Probably going to be shit. Zinchenko, £40 million, 25 years old, captain of Ukraine, can play left back, left centre midfield, 
He's, a, he's, he's been at City. He's won four titles. Um, and Johnny, I've got more statistics for you. Let's just let's let's really like that was that was just foreplay. Now we're getting into the we're yeah. getting into the into the, the mixer here. Um, let's bathe in it. Let's bathe in it. So Zinchenko um, compared as a left back to Kieran Tierney and Tavares. Um, all roughly played the same minutes. So Kieran Tierney a little bit more. Kieran Tierney two thousand minutes last season. Zinchenko a thousand. Tavares a thousand. Um, dribble success. Uh, Zinchenko it has double the amount of successful dribbles per game than Kieran Tierney. Um, interceptions, he's almost gets double the amount per game than Kieran Tierney. Six, uh, tackle success, almost double the amount of Kieran Tierney. And obviously goals conceded is going to be a lot lower because Manchester City are a lot better. So that's that's stage one. So Zinchenko comes to Arsenal with the best statistics as a left back. Only over a thousand minutes. But let's be honest, Kirantini doesn't really play more than a thousand minutes a season anyway. Um, next, and this one is going to titillate you, Johnny. Uh, Zinchenko versus Granit Xhaka in midfield. Uh, Zinchenko wins more aerial duels. He wins more tackles, makes more interceptions. He makes more forward passes per game. He creates more chances. His passing accuracy is almost 5% better over a game, the Granite Xhaka. And Granite Xhaka usually makes the most passes for Arsenal um, in a game. Um, Johnny, what have we got here uh, in this Zinchenko kid? Were, were we really flapping around with Lissandro Martinez when this was an option? What do you think about this as a sign? And what does it say about Arsenal and where they're heading? So first of all, can I commend you? For really upping your slow game. Now, we love anyone who's listening on podcasts. We know we get our fair share of people who are currently on the treadmill, you know, <laughs> trying to find reasons to keep on running. And for some reason, they find our voices, you know, some course of most mo- motivation. So we love you guys. But if you ain't doing the visuals these days, you're missing out because Pete is up in his game. He's decided on a font like American Psycho. He is absolutely fascinated by Fonz and he thinks he's found the right one. And the sides were brilliant. Starting with your quote. I love that quote so much. It absolutely will make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Now, when you're talking about this level of football player, this level of technical player, and these are the names that are being mentioned, or these are the names being left out even. De Bruyne, Foden, Cancelo. That is world-class technique there. And Silver is no longer even playing. Yeah, oh, maybe maybe he's talking about Bernardo Silva. I was thinking David Silva. Anyway, it don't really matter. Zinchenko, Mares, and Silva—they are all superb technicians, very special. And you're not even thinking about some of the other guys who don't get a look in. Man City is dripping with technical ability. And for Carl Walker, who'd have no reason to lie in this, to point Zinchenko out as being, you know, an absolute maestro. And he said not in any order, but you did say Zinchenko first, so. I'm taking that. He's the best. He's the best technical football player at Man City. Hopefully, he's come to Arsenal. So, on to the next slide, um, which, yeah, that one. Now, I did see this the other day. Um, you, you, you're probably a little massaging the numbers when you're saying they played round about the same numbers. I mean, Kieran Tierney's played double what Zinchenko played last year, but in general, the rates are, you know, what really matters. And I mean. Nuno Tavares, bless him, getting knocked out the ground on most of the stats anyway. 
But, Johnny, um, the only J- Johnny, the, do you know that one interesting thing that I want to raise on the minutes thing? Um, part of the problem with Tavares is he played a lot of minutes at the start of the season, then he was out of the team for a long time, and then he couldn't find that same form coming back into the side. Sinchenko, yeah. Sinchenko comes in for a short amount of time, does a good job over a statistically relevant amount of time, which is a, you know I think eight hundred minutes is where that, that where the stats people tend to hit off. So it's almost like having numbers this good when you're irregular speaks to potentially where he could go. Like he could go up a level if he gets more consistent minutes. And I and I 100% agree with that. And I'd also say, to double down on the point you kind of looked at earlier, but, you know, we have to put the skew on it that he is playing for a top-tier team. And so certain things like goals conceded, it's kind of almost irrelevant that um, it's way better than Arsenal's because, of course, it would be. But... You know, the other things, you know, the chances created. What gets me about these stats is they're not even close. He's blowing people out the water, doubling people up on interceptions, you know, literally doubling their rates over um, Tavares and Tierney, who you would actually think would score quite high in that tackle success, you know, nearly doubling Kieran Tierney's. This guy's not messing around. I think one of the things that I want to be abundantly clear on I said it on the last pod, but I uh, want to double down. We are not signing a Kieran Tierney understudy. We're signing a Kieran Tierney, you know, a first player, a player to play above him. Um, we're not signing. We don't want another apprentice. We want a master. And you know, there you go, all, all, all Darth Maul on you. I just went there for the Star Wars. Oh, oh, uh, so, Johnny, do 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 you think that? I mean, it seems clear that he's there for Kieran Tierney, but. I mean, the numbers against Granite Xhaka and the additional mobility, do you think there's no chance of that? Or do you, do you think you've, you've got to go where the heat is and the heat is on the left-back position, really? It, it has to be. We have to be signing a left-back who, like, you know, you know, we might be able to have our best version of what Cancelo offers for City or a Trent does, where it's like you've got a full-back, but they're a piss-taker. You know, at any moment, they might just flip out and just do something crazy, take over the game, because that's the level of ability they've got. Um, but overall, we, our biggest need is at left-back. So I know you might fancy Tierney over Xhaka on an odd game, but we can't keep getting to a situation where Tierney's breaking down, you know, into injuries, continually costing us. And that's what i just rather solidify. There's no way I'm talking about let's ride Granite Jacker into the sunset. You know, we need reinforcements at centre at centre half as well, and that's why I said at centre mid, I should say as well. But that's why I said I wouldn't feel the summer was a complete success if we hadn't got at least the, another midfielder in there. And then obviously, if we can get a winger as well, that's when you're hitting big bonuses. But right now, Zinchenko. And another centre midfielder with Zinchenko's flexibility to play an odd game in centre midfield. That's when I'd start to feel more confident about our chances and being able to maintain a challenge for Champions League. Yeah, I, I I'm really excited about Zinchenko, and the 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 main difference for me between Lissandro Martinez and Zinchenko is I like the idea that we sign players that you can guarantee can do the job, and. The, the the you know the biggest the, the worst case study in players that look like they can do the job and then they come to the Premier League and can't is Donny van der Beek. I remember watching him for Ajax and you're like, man, this is one, this is a 
fierce player. This is like a, a more technically rounded Aaron Ramsey. You know, this is a guy that's going to absolutely feast on the Premier League. And he came here, couldn't couldn't break into um, Solskjaer's team, couldn't break into um, uh, Ranić's side, and couldn't do the job at Everton. And I would worry about that with Lissandro Martinez um, a little bit. But Zinchenko, you know that he's robust and fitness is absolutely key here. You know he's got an incredible attitude. You know he's professional. You know his technical ability is high because bloody Carl Walker's he's only gone and said it. Um, and it's, again, it's more, it's elite mentality. And I, I, I know the, the, the word elite is, is overused, but you've got people that have worked to the highest standards in football on the planet. Pep Guardiola is the king. He is the god. Like he has the highest standards, and his whole team is built around uh, a winning machine. That that like th- there has never been a manager in football that has a team so so good at winning. People call it boring and robotic, and that's the mentality that you're hiring in. Like to to be at that level is exceptional, and. Like you say, this isn't picking up William Gallas at 29 after he's won everything. This is picking up a winner who's 25 years old. That's that. That's when you're just creeping into your prime. That, you shouldn't have won four Premier League titles by the time you're 25 years old. That's disgraceful. It's unbelievable. Um, so I'm 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 really excited about this signing. I hope we get it over the line. And um, you know, whisper it. But there was a lot of uh, a lot of my friends that were calling Mikel Arteta. Cone boy, you know, just just the assistant at Manchester City. And you 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 know, oh, we've just we've got the cone boy. He's got no authority <laughs> in the game. No one will want to come and work for him. He's tying down all the young players, and now he's using um, his past experiences with top top players to bring them to the club. And Zinchenko would be he'd be perfect for us. He'd be perfect for us. And he, we only get that deal over the line because. Sinchenko's had past experience with uh, Mikel Arteta, so why don't we? Talk can, I, about... can I just can I just jump on that point? Not if you're because... going to say something negative. Not not. If no, you're no, gonna... no, not not at all. Not at all. It's quite about. You know, I kind of mentioned earlier about the, um, you know, this kind of symbiotic relationship that we that may if we get this um, Sinchenko deal done, maybe developing with Man City and uh, Arsenal, and the fact is. Man City have had a squad in recent years where their A team and their B team could both be challenging for Champions League. That's how good, because as you said, they've got so many technically gifted players playing at such a high standards. And the reason being, they've got supreme wealth and, you know, whatnot. So Guardiola wants it where the players that are coming in, there's no dramatic drop down here. You know, Cancelo doesn't play and Zinchenko's in. It's not like, oh, you know, we're sticking in lemmings for a game. No, it's all top-tier quality. And as I said, even if we signed Man City's B team, we'd be challenging for top four. And if you can sprinkle a few more extra bits on top. So so this relationship, which to give Arteta his due, was forged in, in his days where he was an understudy. We are finally... <laughs> getting the benefits of hiring a, you know, if you like, novice coach, because he was actually, you know, groomed in a, in a huge, you know, football greenhouse, which is just pumping out the highest quality. And it's the only way that we are getting access to these players right now. Because if, if Arteta didn't have that connection, 
I don't know why Arsenal, based on where they are as a project, would be necessarily scooping these players up, you know, as opposed to Tottenham, who went after Jesus, but he said no. It's only that connection because he knows Arteta, he knows what's going on, and he knows going to be, you know, how he's going to be coached. So I think that for all the negatives, and I've been quick to talk about the negatives of having. Oh, a, I know. I know. <laughs> having a first time coach who is, was learning on the job, well, you know, this was just a little bit of a, a backhanded positive for us because, you know, his previous connection was with a club who we would be very happy and fat feeding off the, uh, off the scraps of this, you know, um, superpower right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're, a, if you're a player and you want to move out of Manchester City, you've got to have guarantees, really. Well, you want to have guarantees. You want to de-risk the situation, as Matt Candela would put it. Um, do you get on with the coach? Yes or no? Does that coach know what they're talking about and can they advance my career? Yes or no? Um, does Arsenal look like a project that is about to bang? Yes or no? And I think the answer to all three of those questions is yes. And... Um, you know, Arteta has hopefully gone through the difficult phase of learning the responsibilities of being a coach. He's got rid of all the shitheads. Well, it's, he's got he's got rid of all the players that were difficult, and I think I think it's uh, I think it's great. And there's but there, Johnny, it's not it's not just it's not just Manchester City players that we're going after. It's the Manchester City alumni. Um, I want to talk about. Ooh. Leroy Sane. I love the name Leroy. It's such a geezer name. Like, no, you don't, you, you never meet a Leroy that you don't like. Uh, it's probably, no. you know, he's a, 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 I like, I like this kid's style as well. He's not a kid anymore. He's 26. He's been at Bayern Munich, uh, playing under another young coach, um, Julian Nagelsmann, one of the, the best young coaches on the planet. Um, he's, he's German. He's, uh, Bayern Munich and his best form was when Arteta was at Manchester City. And, the, you know, there's lots of uh, conversation that's happened over the years, crediting the one-on-one work Arteta did with Sane to break him out of his uh, the lack of confidence that, that he had and, you know, help turn him into the player that he is now. The fee is reportedly £60 million. I think Madrid are probably going to have a say in this deal before Arsenal. But, um, you know, we know that £60 million is available. And I expect he would be a bit more expensive than Rafinha would on salary, but um, top, top talent. Let's just talk uh, the numbers. Um, he, in the Premier League, he had uh, 57 goal assist contributions in 90 games. Um, in the Bundesliga, that level has dropped um, a little bit. He's uh, played 111, made 111 appearances, 24 goals, 24 assists. In the Champions League, Leroy Sane is at Messi levels, uh, 39 appearances, 14 goals and 15 assists, which is absolutely outrageous. But again, you lose out on Rafinha, who didn't have um, goal contributions like this. But by signing that £60 million player, you are signing someone that is all production. Um, He plays on the left. I'm a little bit worried how that's going to work for Martinelli. But Johnny, um, being linked with players like Leroy Sane, even if it doesn't happen, does it make you feel something special inside? Because it's been a long time since we've been linked with players of this sort of world-class nature. What do you think? First of all, I'd love us to sign in, if nothing else, for the headlines, you know, on the tabloids of Insane. Insane. Ooh, You're welcome, guys. You're I like that. that. That's, it. That's why you get the Patreon. Yeah. 
You can have it, guys. Um, Sue, let's be honest. This guy is a top, top player. If we could get... Now, I'm actually going to preface this with the fact that I don't think we will sign him. Um, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure Real Madrid would be interested in him. I think he's proved himself as a great talent. But if you're in the market for buying, you know, ready-made, world-class players... I don't think he's quite there yet, um, which is why our name could even be mentioned with him. I, I think in general, there'll be clubs currently in a higher trough than us that will be interested in him. But at that point, you're once again talking about the Manchester City alumni connection and whether, because this would be, it would have to be a massive Arteta poll. It would have to be getting a lot of blue ticks on the WhatsApp. From now, Arteta just texted him. Did you get those flowers I sent? You know, from now. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a box of celebrations coming over when you sign in the team. <laughs> um, so, look, at the end of the day, I think that he's a talent that is currently performing above where we're at. But if he was to come in with players like Gabriel Jesus, who he knows already, training with a coach he knows already, and... If Zinchenko's there and he knows of him as well, he might be in a situation where he's like, you know what? There's enough talent here to know that basically if Sane come, Tielemans come, and Zinchenko came in, I w- if I was Sane, I'd be like, we're going to get Champions League. I would be very confident of it. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it would be an out-of-this-world signing for me. I think the guy has the opportunity to not just continue the level he's reached, but to bang either. I think he's got world-class potential. He's so quick, so rapid. The ability to turn big games on his head, on their heads, he's done it a few times for City. But I just think he struggled with the consistency under Pep. And Pep just doesn't have it. And he demands work rate. So I think that he's improved and he's, he's shown himself to be a top player. And if we do get... A, first of all, you mentioned it anyway. This guy's miles better than Rafinha, by the way. I'd, I would be giddy if we got Sane compared to Rafinha, who I was a little bit like, yeah, better than nothing, but it wasn't it wasn't who I'd go after. Not, for, not that, that, like that money was uh, for a player that got eleven goals and three assists last season, it was like, where are we uh, where not, is this sixty million pound fee coming from? I know, and on penalties. Um, you know, but um the fact is is that Nabry looks like he's staying as we speak right now. But if, if Sane was the byproduct of that, and what we talked about briefly earlier was how we can often look like we're going for a signing, but then end up with someone completely different. I don't know. Those who are maybe the Edo, Edo sycophants might give him more credit than he possibly deserves, thinking that he's, you know, pushing at one end to get another guy loose. But um, as we've seen with a couple of the transfers, but ultimately, if we sign Sane, I'll be delighted. He is top, top tier. Yeah, I agree with that. The The one concern with signings like this, I feel like these are signings that you make when you're in the Champions League and it's not it's not really a concern, but if you're... He, he, his salary is rumoured to be £298,000 a week, which is which is a monstrous salary. That's like top, top tier. And no doubt that he, he probably deserves it. But... I do sometimes wonder: Is our squad at the level where we're where we're starting to dish out those kind of salaries? And then the only other concern, and I know that you shouldn't always be concerned about this. You should. It's like who who are the best players? 
Gabriel Martinelli feels like he could get to Sane's level. He's not there at the moment, but how how many how many minutes is Gabriel Martinelli getting in a season if you spend 60 million on a left winger that earns 300 grand a week? It's like I don't, I don't, you know, I, I like Martinelli and maybe this is, maybe this is putting feelings over results a little bit, but it's like, what's the point in investing so much time in a young player just to say, well, sorry, mate, 10 games a season for you. Or is it like saying, mate, this is where the level is and we want to win the Premier League and we don't have enough time to wait around while you score one goal every 15 games. Exactly. The second point, it has to be the answer. Look, we're not out here to, you know, coddle these people. The fact is, is what we're here is giving different players every opportunity to reach their potential. And if that potential is, you know, top, top tier, then all the better for it. We're, they're going to help us get to the top. But if they can't reach that top potential, then it's not for us to go, oh, he's a good lad. He tries. I don't care. We need to start getting ruthless. And at the end of the day, no one can accuse, you know, us of not giving Martinelli enough chances. At this stage, he needs to be turning around double-figure scoring seasons if he wants to be playing regularly. Otherwise, I'm not interested. You might work hard. You, you know, you might have loads of skill. But give him the competition. If he's good enough, he can beat Sane or a Saka out. But at the end of yeah. that, because, you know, he can play in both positions. But that's how, you know, the bigger clubs keep themselves up there because they have that level of competition where when one player starts dropping, the next one steps up and it gets crazy. We're just so not used to having top level competition. We're like, let's not upset the good ones. They might leave us. It's no, true. you know, it's true. Get them in and there. Get them in there. Sink or sink or swim. Yeah, and I guess part of it is, you know, you uh, there was a it was a few years ago, and I remember people used to be like, well, you can't you can't sign a player of that level because it might upset Theo Walcott. And someone that I spoke to um, that works in football was like. Good, like players at clubs love it when more great players come to the club and set a higher standard. They get as excited about top top players as as you do. Like it, you know, it just injects a, a different level of energy into a club. So, I would imagine if Saka knows that Leroy Sane is coming, it makes him want to put pen to paper and be part of a project. Which it, again is like kind of what we were alluding to with William Saliba. Why would you want to not be part of the Arsenal project at the moment? unless you are completely on the outside. It just seems like a weird thing to to want to leave because out of all the clubs vying to push back into the the top four and beyond at the moment, I feel like, like Arsenal appear to have the most strategic view of where they want to take the football with the players that they're signing. So, um, all right, I want to move on to a weird one, Johnny. The, this is kind of the last transfer rumour. Um, uh, th- this has come from a, a journalist at a new website that specializes in transfer rumors. So just before we get into it, I do the idea that you can create a website that specializes in just transfers and make it work monetarily, it feels like a really bad business model that people that don't really understand business come up with. I mean, because if you want to be authoritative on transfers, there aren't a lot of authoritative rumors. And you only have two windows uh, to go at. You've got to fill dead time. And if, if there is no story, then the tendency with like, you know, football fan cars, tribal football from yesteryear is you've just got to fill it with any old shit. 
and then you lose your authority and then it's kind of pointless. So this story has come from one of those new websites uh, with journalists key to become the new David Ornstein or the Fabrizio Romano of, of the world. And the, the rumor is um, Edmund Tapsoba um, is sparking interest from Arsenal. If you remember correctly, we were linked to him um, last season, I believe. He, he plays for Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, he's from Burkina Faso. He's a right-footed centre-back. Um, he has played left midfield uh, once or twice. Um, he's six foot four, uh, so he's a he's a big boy. But the key thing here is he's a centre-back. Um, the worry here is that he plays in the same position as Ben White and William Saliba. I don't I don't know if this rumour is true. I know that Arteta is absolutely addicted to signing centre-backs. My gut feel says that if we are after taps over, it means that there is some heat on the Gabriel to Juventus story. Um, I don't see it working any other way. I just don't... I, I think Arteta knows that selling Saliba would be absolutely horrendous um, news for the fan base. And I, I think it would be a poor reflection on him. Selling Gabriel, if we get 50 million in for him and we put it on this guy who might have better ball playing skills, um, you know, remains to be seen. Definitely plays in a high press system. Definitely probably as as good as Gabriel aerially. But Johnny, like, what do you think when you see us linked to a centre-back? Uh, like, it feels like we've got a, a good five at the moment. What are we doing here? Well, what we're doing is we are speaking on, you know, absolute conjecture at the end of the day. This, this There may be absolutely nothing um, to come of this story, but we, you know, we can still go through the motions on that front and talk about theoretically if it was to happen. So, you know, if it was to happen, I think that the most likely reasons behind that are, you know, I think you might have mentioned it, this is not a replacement for Rob Holding here. <laughs> it, it's not going to be our, our fourth choice centre-half that we'd bring, be bringing in for £45 million. I think that it would be more, more than likely either Saliba refusing to, to re-sign and at that point a late cash-out might come in, which would be devastating. Not just for me, but a lot of people. I think would actually lose faith. I but I don't think Arsenal will do that. I don't think they're that stupid. I hope not. Um, because I think Saliba, based on who he is, should if we don't if he doesn't sign in the next couple of weeks, we we can't be selling the guy. We need to be giving him half a season, showing them that we're playing him, and then saying, "Listen, by Christmas you have to sign that, or we're going to look to you know maybe do something with you then." But this may also be linked to that situation on the, on, on the front of even if we didn't get this guy now. We might maybe tapping him up. You, you spoke about we were interested last summer, if it's even a thing. And it might be something we come back for him in, you know, January, if Saliba hasn't signed a deal, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's more than likely, as you kind of ascertained, that it's a Gabrielle replacement, if it is anything. And, you know, it would purely be just like this, a speculative report about, this link with Juventus, has been general, there's been a couple which seem so completely out of place because it really doesn't seem like Gabriel is at all. He seems happy on the field. Every time you hear from him, he's positive. So it wouldn't come out of left field if he was to want to have left. 
But the fact that it's so random almost gives it more credibility that maybe maybe that is, you know, what's happened. Because, you know, unless something serious had happened or he really didn't like the place, then why are they even bringing him up? So we've, we've played our part and we've talked about a, um, you know, a prospective player in this. And overall, he looks quite tidy from what I've seen. I'm no expert on him. But I think the reality is, is, is the most likely outcome is that Oh, this is what I hope more than anything. We are not looking at any more centre-halves and it's just, you know, certain websites and uh, outlets being a bit troublesome to uh, help their own business interests. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I think, I think the same, I think the, the same website got the plane thing wrong. Uh, who was going on the trip to America and who wasn't. Uh, or who was in the? I, 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 in fact, I'm certain. So I'm, um, uh, you know, it, when you set up a new website, you you rush to stories, and this doesn't feel like it's got the David Ornstein rigor to it. And I, I'm I'm with you on Gabriel, and you know, just in, from an interpersonal perspective as well, he came to England during a pandemic, didn't learn the language. Uh, I don't think he's got advanced English. I just wonder whether, like, it's quite, it's very difficult to move to a new country. No, I've done it and they spoke English and it's just difficult to adapt to the culture, new foods, you know, especially um, for Gabriel, you know, he's, he's gone to France. He's had to learn French. He's come to England. He's had to learn English. I just don't know whether he would be that willing to immediately jump to an Italian club. So I, I find it surprising that a player that seems extremely valued by Arsenal would be binned off. Um, and I just don't think we're spending 45 million on a Rob Holding replacement. You know, there's, there's, there's better money to be spent, even if you do like buying centre-backs. So, um, and, and I don't think we need, uh, you know, we don't really need four centre-backs this season. You know, like I, I think Rob Holding's getting 700 minutes max this season. We could probably account for that. Um, you know, maybe Kieran Tierney could slip in there if needed. Um, okay, so we think that that one's a bit rough. Let's um, let's let's talk about uh, the the America trip. We've got Everton on Sunday. Uh, let's just look at that picture. Uh, there's a lot of players there. We took five goalkeepers. Seems like everybody wanted to go and see where the wire was shot. Um, <laughs> we we there's been a, a little bit of controversy about who didn't go. Um, Marcelo Flores apparently binned off an international tournament uh, to go on pre-season with Arsenal and he wasn't in the squad and there's rumours that he's a little bit upset. Um, Raul Walters, the the kid in the middle of this picture here, uh, German-English right back. He is is with the squad. He's been getting minutes, play centre-back or right back. It's pretty exciting. And you know, all say without diving into anything, everybody that we wanted on that trip is on the trip. And that is a positive for how we move forward. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, we all know it, it's great to see, t- well, it's great to see the players that, you know, will, if they are allowed to be part of the season next year, uh, you know, really contribute heavily in terms of what we're going to achieve. Um, we're yet to know more about um, some situations, but ultimately, 
as long as we don't basically if it pans out that the players that we need are available next year and we sign the players that we have discussed already in this pod I think there's every reason why we should be feeling really excited about what's going on but we still were hanging in the balance because until some of these players get over the line until we find out more about players that are already there whether they're going to be playing next year and and stuff we find out more we you know we have quite a good kind of deviation between our top level confidence heading into next season and our lowest level confidence, you know, if things went a really, you know, a disastrous way. So, you know, all we can do is handle the stuff that we can handle. And that means wrapping up quality signings to give not just the fans a boost, but also the players, you know, give them a boost that we're, we're, we're ambitious, ambitious in terms of going after the top prizes. Agree with that, yeah. I, I, some just some general observations about a picture that we're looking at. You can't you can't see it if you're on the podcast, but I can describe it. William Saliba is in the back row, and he looks massive. <laughs> he looks he's a he's a big, big, imposing boy. Uh, he is a, he he looks like a Premier League uh, centre back. Um, Thomas Partey in the centre of the picture, fit again, which is fantastic news for everybody. There's a few concerns that there's quite a lot of players. The, uh, in this in this squad that really shouldn't be there. Nicolas Pepe, please. Like, uh, Gaultier is a Paris Saint-Germain. Maybe they can find a little bit of room for him. If Arsenal can get him to move to Seville, um, that would be great news. Um, Balogun is on the trip, but he's going to take up a loan. Um, it would be very interesting to see whether that loan is with a Premier League club, or like a, a Nottingham Forest type outfit, or whether that is a championship club. I would suggest that maybe championship is probably the level for next season. And it's interesting to see Ainsley um, in the in the photo as well. Uh, he put up a, a sort of, I don't know whether it's a, a biblical quote, it certainly sounded religious, but it's like something along the lines of um, God, God says that you'll always get a second chance or something like that. So maybe he is in Arteta's WhatsApps, sending him the celebrations, sending him the flowers and saying, I will be your backup right back. Get rid of Cedric. And I, 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 I will do whatever you ask of me this season because I do not want to be playing for West Brom um, over the next two years and then find myself on the bench because I can't do the centre midfield job. So, um, yeah, like all, all positive on the Arsenal front and it feels a lot better this week than it did last. Yeah, that, that was a good point about, you know, Ainsley. And I would very much be happy Ainsley being, you know, part of the the backup solutions to Tommy Astley and someone who could come in and maybe do 10, 15 games because we've seen that he's got the potential to do that. Um, obviously, you know, the Thomas Party is essential from a playing point of view to what we're doing. And, you know, we hope that from an Arsenal point of view, um, everything works out there, and we he plays next season um, because Johnny, either way we will. Johnny on yeah. Tom on Thomas Partey, um, question for you: uh, If Thomas Partey isn't available um, and he picks up an injury like he did last season, where do you think we're going? Like, who, like who picks up that number six role? Is it Sambi? Is it Moel Nini? Is it Zinchenko? Like uh, who who slots into that role next season? Because it is a worry because he always picks up a big injury. Well, ultimately, kind of that was the, where I was going with it in terms of 
he, you know, whatever the whatever the issues are with his availability, there's a just like Kieran Tierney, um, you know, he's perennially out of the team, and it's something that we should be looking at. And one of the extra attributes to Zinchenko is the fact that, you know, if we were to get Tielemans in as well, then you could set up in situations where Zinchenko and Tielemans were playing in centre midfield, and I would feel a lot more confident about that as a setup. So, you know, that's why I think that Zinchenko, I think that Martinez would have provided that as well at that back, but as an option. But I am extremely excited about Zinchenko. Got to get that done. And then overall, you talked about Pepe in the picture. It's just so interesting. He's not happy. Even if you look at that photo, he's just literally like, what am I doing here? And we're thinking the same, Nick. Like, you know what I mean? Let's get this going now, mate. Off you go. Yeah. Um, so... Look, there's every reason to be positive, again, on the things that we can control, get these players over the line, and we would have solutions to some of the problems that, you know, that maybe even unexpected problems that may lay, well, will lay in any season that, you know, is coming ahead of you. So, but again, we have to get these players done. Otherwise, there's no, there's no, um, no guarantees on how things could pan out. Agree. All right. Um, brilliant podcast, Johnny. Um, couple of couple of little housekeeping things. Actually, it doesn't matter. I don't need to sell uh, the Patreon because if you're listening to this, you are on the Patreon. So if you are one of our fine patrons, uh, thank you so much for putting a, um, some money aside. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's lo- lovely to uh, seal the emails pop up. We will be... Um, uh, ironing out exactly what you will get during the season but it will basically we do two podcasts a week one of them will be exclusive to you it will be the midweek one so it will kind of be uh, before the whistle for the premier league game and it will be uh, a review of whatever's happened in the europa that will be the the way until january um and then in january we'll reassess it because we will probably do an on the whistle for actual europa league games but you always get yeah. exclusive content for sure um, and remember, if you're enjoying this, get your get your mum on it, get your dad on it, share it to your best friends. Like we don't, we, it's, yeah. there's only it's 300 of us right now, but there could be 400, and then it would feel even more fun. Um, and then just there's, a n- there's bit. not enough, there's not enough mums and dads in our audience. Oh, no. No, there's not enough mums. Get your mum on it, get your dad on it now. Okay, it'll be Might what I. they're missing in their life. Yeah. And um, just a little bit of news that's popped up on my phone. A uh, little bit of exclusive. I mean, no one's going to give a shit. But we, uh, we, our podcast is being signed away to a a new distribution brand. We are we're signed. Uh, Blue Wire are going to be the the new host. They work with uh, the Arsenal Vision podcast. Does it make us professionals? Yes. Yes. I think yes, so. I think we are. Did they even hear your fade on your sound effects earlier? I mean, uh, what, well, the, what the email came in. Fucking- the email came in once they heard the fade. Exactly. You know, it's like some fucking circus. We're running right. this legit setup. So cheers for the patrons for uh, our patrons for keeping this shit moving forward. That yeah. Was shit, uh, way, thank, yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening because um, well, we don't know what this means moving forward, but they're a, they're a sports specific outfit. They got in contact with us because I guess a lot of people listen to the podcast now. So thank you for that. Thank you for the continued support. And we um, will keep on tightening up this uh, Patreon offering. 
And uh, on on that note, I'll say goodbye. Maybe next time I'll be a dad uh, because uh, my my fiance is uh, is going through the motions with uh, with labor at the moment. So hopefully the next uh, podcast I will be a girl dad. So that's exciting as well. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Um, at I, Johnny Cochran, guys. Anyone on Patreon, you probably know it by now. Thanks for your continued support. By the way, Pete just saying, oh, yeah, maybe next to, next pod I'll be a dad. So that means that the next podcast, guys, will be in about five weeks, which is the next time that Pete is back to reality out of a sleep-deprived coma that he, uh, he kind of walks around in. Um, yeah, you're about to go into sir and you know quite frankly i wish you and your partner all the best of it and i can't wait to hear the terrified quiver in your voice <laughs> the face the face drop the hair's gonna go gray uh but like the, the thing the problem with pregnancy is really seven months would be ideal like after after nearly 10 months you're like come on let's just let's let's get this going um but yeah exciting times all the same uh, thank you to everybody that's listened to it. And Johnny, like the fade in was uh, was one thing, but listen, I don't just do fade ins; I do fade out. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.